Ladies and gentlemen, the Empire Podcast MCU Fanfare Orchestra presents <laughs> <laughs> a mournful version of the Marvel Studios Fanfare in keeping with the episode we've just seen. <clears throat> How's it go again? <laughs> God, we got to be stopped. The freestyle jazz version was, yeah, special. Yeah, I thought I thought it was really beautiful. It brought a, a single tear to my eye. Yeah, it was touching. Uh, luckily, there's only one more episode of One Division to go. Um, so that's that's good news. Yeah. The good news is for people who uh, <laughs> who don't like our renditions of the Marvel Studios fanfare. The good news is there's only one more episode of One Division to go. The bad news is there's six episodes of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier to come after that. About six episodes of Loki and God knows how many episodes of Hawkeye, Miss Marvel, She Hulk, Moon Knight. Oh my good God, giddy ant. Anyway. <laughs> Hello, Pod. I am Chris Hewitt, and welcome to the latest, uh, second last, possibly in case we do another one, or penultimate episode, if you will insist on fancy language, a spoiler special dedicated to WandaVision. In fact, this is dedicated to previously on an episode which takes us deep into the psyche and history of Wanda Maximoff via our new tour guide, Agatha All Along. Sorry, Agatha Harkness. And joining me to discuss the longest episode of WandaVision to date and its numerous revelations are three members of my coven, three witches of such lethal cunning from whom I shall suck their life force. No. Helen O'Hara. Hello. James Dyer. Hello. And Ben Travis. No one could suck Ben Travis's life force. Look at him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but but he's the youngest. You know, he has the most life force. Like we, you know, he's the one that Peter Thiel would be like stealing his blood, not ours. We're all too wizened. Jesus Christ! (laughs) Helen, I I thought Helen was looking at me weirdly the last few weeks. (laughs) Just looking at look at all that life force, just waiting to be drunk dry. Basically, I'm a skexis. I know. I feel like what's the what's the little what's the little orange the the little purple guy that gets. They get squished in in the dark crystal. He gets all of his life force sucked out. He like hollows out. <laughs> naughty, naughty! <laughs> I'm gonna hear that in my nightmares. Yeah, naughty, sure. naughty skexes. Uh, anyway, first to the recap. To the recap, folks. To the recap cave. After a prequel set in Salem, 1693, John Proctor just out of shot, where we see a young Agatha Harkness consume the power of all the witches in her coven, including her mother, 
That ain't good, folks. That ain't good. Uh, we flash forward to the present day, pick up from last week's episode. Well, when I say present day, I actually mean 2023, where Agatha has trapped Wanda in her bewitched basement, hinting strongly that she was drawn towards Westview by Wanda's incredible display of magical red wiggly woos. Agatha wants to know how she pulled this off, Steady. <laughs> <laughs> How did you pull this off, Wanda? He doesn't have a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and that is why we spend all this money on kisses. <laughs> Every time we talk about penises, penises. Every time we, oh that was a that was a Freudian penis. <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, Where am I? Yes. Oh, boy. Agatha has wanted to revisit key moments from her life, the death of her penises, the death of her parents, (laughs) which strongly suggests that Wanda already had hex powers when she was a youngin'. What? The moment when she was created by the Mind Stone whilst being experimented upon by Hydra. The moment when she and Vision first shared a connection at Avengers Compound. Her visit to Sword HQ to retrieve Vision's body, where she gets a big old dose of talk to the hand from Dick Terrorist himself, and then her drive into the sleepy, rundown town of Westview, New Jersey, where we see that Vision had bought them a plot of land on which to live. <laughs> no! Overcome with grief... We see Wanda Lynn create the Hex and bring back Vision, conjuring him out of thin air and mm. transform Westview into the bargain. Then, hearing the cries of Billy and slash or Tommy, she rushes into the street where Agatha has them at magic point and reveals that Wanda is possibly a legendary being much talked about in witchy circles, but one thought not to exist. The Scarlet Witch. Dun, dun, dun. And then there's a bit with a kazoo. Oh, and there's a post-credit sting in which Dick Terrorist reveals that he's got his hands all over Vision's body. Mm-hmm. Which leads us to this week's song. Who's been messing up everything? It's been Dick Terrorist all along. Who's been pulling every evil string? It's been Dick Terrorist all along. He's in City So No, I don't know the next bit. And then I'll just go again. And then he goes, and then he turns around to the camera and he goes, and I stole Vision's corpse too. <laughs> at the end. Okay, I just, I mean, hmm. I, I feel like we need to talk about scansion, Chris, and, you know, syllables and how many of them are there. You don't hear the word scansion on podcasts enough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm here to help, James, here to help. Isn't that the um, the bit on a goal frame where the crossbar meets the post? That's stanchion. So. Okay, thanks. <laughs> you, you might want to pick your audience more carefully. <laughs> Believe me, the three people right now are finding that very, very funny. Uh, anyway, what did we think of this episode? Hell of a lot of stuff happened. Uh, this mm. is the first time that we have deviated, as as accurately predicted by people on the Empire podcast last week. Uh, this is uh, we're now out of TV land and we're into MCU world. But even so, it still managed to toy with convention and uh, and it wasn't your your bog standard linear 
episode of television. It wasn't bog standard Marvel either. Like, I loved how weird this got. As soon as this episode started and it was like 1693, Salem, witches, purple magic, craziness. I was like, I'm so, I'm so here for that. I'm really into them just switching up what we're seeing within the MCU. Like, I feel like they've sort of tiptoed around that a bit in the past like oh it's magic but it's the same as energy which is the same as i don't know cosmic universe stuff and i like that they kind of i like that it's like do you know what no they're witches and they use magic and it's the same sort of magic as the salem witches and and like i I love that that can still be cosmic universe stuff you know yeah they're they're you know they're in in tune with the stuff with pseudo latin words layered over it (laughs) Yeah, it's just, a, it's a, it's a, in many, you know, you've read enough fancy books, James. In many of the books, it doesn't matter what you say, the, the word is just a means of concentrating on the thing you want indeed, to happen. Indeed, indeed. So, okay, so this, weirdly, when this episode started, I was a bit like, hmm, okay, this, I'm not necessarily enjoying this. Because on the one hand, I really want the exposition episode and I want to hear everything that happened. And this is kind of what I'm here for. But on the other hand, like, and I watch a lot of this shit. I mean, I've just bounced <laughs> off the back of the whole of Fate, the Wink saga. I watch a Discovery of Witches. You know, I've seen Motherland, Fort Salem. Like, you I watched the Discovery of Witches. You're the person who watched it. Yeah, oh, I'm the person nice. who watched Discovery of Witches. So I bailed towards the end yeah. of season two. But do you know what I mean? And it felt like that. I was like, oh mm. God. I mean, while this is very familiar to me, this is not really what I want from the MCU. And I kind of, I get it because Agatha is heightened and exaggerated as her character in the show. But when you saw her in Salem, I was like, tonally, this is not working for me because you've got a sequence which is, in theory, you know, straight and real, but actually is high camp to the max. And I I wasn't quite there for that. That, that didn't quite work for me. And Agatha, the kind of like um, cartoony villaininess of her isn't quite working for me, even though she's funny. She is funny. Well, there's an interesting thing about Agatha in this whole episode, isn't it? Because I feel like that opening scene very much puts her in the cartoon villain Mm. camp, uh, using the same word again, I guess. No pun intended. Um, And it's an interesting scene because it has witches burning a witch in Salem in 1693, Mm -hmm. which is a choice, certainly. (laughs) Um, So that was all kind of interesting to me. But I think it does set her up to potentially be more sympathetic in a weird way. So stick with me here. So uh, there are like, you know, she does kill like eight people, including her own mother, yeah. but there is, but she is calling for help and literally saying she can't control it. So there's an element mm-hmm. perhaps of her not being able to not kill them once they've started attacking her. She looks pretty pleased with she herself. She does look pleased with dead. it. Yeah. I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying it's simple, <laughs> but she does look pretty pleased with it. So I was, it was a weird scene to me that way, but it, it did potentially set up a thing where she's basically absorbed enough life force from them that that keeps her going until now and she's been perhaps good ever since because for the rest of the episode she is actually very helpful but she's mocking all the way through she mocks Wanda she you can mock and still be helpful yeah she's quite sort of CBT centric in this it feels like Hmm. an elongated therapy session yeah Uh, so yeah she's she's been quite cathartic so I'm a little bit with James in this one in that I someone said in a question going if you know, we should show this episode to Martin Scorsese if you know and that, this might make him change his mind about what about you know how cinematic MCU stuff can be it's like well I think that horse is already bolted uh, if you, you know but and I replied going he wouldn't get past the first two minutes because yeah. the first two minutes yeah. is just nonsense 
He'd be like, I've already seen this episode of A Discovery of Witches. I don't need to watch <laughs> <Yeah>. this. <laughs> it's just it's just people firing things at each other. Wiggly woos. Yeah. Wiggly woos. Magically colored wiggly woos uh, at, each, at each other. And it was a little bit like, oh, really? After you have kind of pushed the boat out creatively in the last seven episodes, this is where we are. And then the rest of the episode settled down. And then by, mm. by about halfway through when I was... Mm. Uh, I had tears in my eyes at a certain point. I was like, okay, yeah, you've got me. You've got me. But the beginning of the episode is not promising. But it is mm. interesting in terms of, as Helen says, what it says about Agatha, who, by the way, on the captions, on the subtitles, is still called Agnes, which is really strange and throwing me. Uh, so maybe it was Agnes all along. Who knows? <gasps> um, but yeah, what are her motives at this point? So she seems to be suggesting that she was drawn to Westview by Wanda's display of power. And mm. she's driven by professional curiosity, professional jealousy. Perhaps she's slightly suspicious slash nervous of what Wanda might be, which is this incredibly, incredibly powerful being, potentially Nexus being, as we talked about in last week's show. Yeah. So is she there to A, keep an eye on it, B, siphon off Wanda's power for herself, uh, or or see just have a great old good old time. What what's what's your feelings about about what this episode means for Agatha? I think she's just fascinated by Wanda's power in in that final sequence when it kind of yeah comes down to them confronting each other and her saying you're the Scarlet Witch. I think she's like, do you know what? I'm powerful as fuck, but I had to like learn my whole life how to do this yep. shit. I had to kill my mum. I had to kill the rest of my coven and you're just out here like accidentally changing reality what's up with that so i don't know whether she wants that power for herself whether she wants to challenge wonder over it whether she can maybe take that power for herself but i think she's just drawn to the fact that like who the hell is this person who's got this insane amount of magical power who just doesn't even know that they have it when i'm over here having to like graft for this yeah and and so and this whole idea of chaos magic is from the comics it's it's an elder god, as we all know, I think, Cthon. Yes, that's <laughs> no. right. Yes. <laughs> Who was sealed within Mount Wandamgore. Yeah, indeed. Which is obviously, mm -hmm. as we all know, where Wanda was born. And he reached out and sort of touched her. He gave her a fraction of his power, which let her control chaos energy and kind of shape the way that her, in that, in that reality, mutation would develop. But in this reality, potentially her, you know other stuff. So that is, I guess, what's happening here. And I think that does seem to set up the whole Doctor Strange is going to be hella concerned about this because in the past, in the comics, Doctor Strange and the Sorcerer Supreme have denied that chaos and magic even exists. So for it to be popping up in Westview, New Jersey is going to be a matter of serious concern. I have magic questions, chaos or otherwise. So sure. uh, she has a kind of containment spell. Only the witch who cast the runes can use her magic, yeah, which is particularly handy. Except, except one had already had glowy eyes trying to read her mind things. So clearly something's working there. It's not like a complete magic-free zone. Don't know what's going on there. That said, Agatha instantly redeemed herself by calling fake Pietro Fietro. Yeah, I'm yeah. always here for that kind <laughs> huge, of punning. Huge, huge bonus points for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That seems really interesting because it shows the different levels of magic that they're wielding in that one that doesn't even think of it as magic, but clearly mm. it is magic. You know, how do you not even know the fundamentalist is something that Agatha says to her? Because she was never taught. She's just, you know, she's had these powers. She just uses them in the battlefield. She doesn't know how to focus them or how to, yeah. or how to, how to be trained. And so maybe Agatha is 
going to do that. Maybe Doctor Strange is going to do that. Maybe that's mm. one of the things that will happen in the multiverse of madness that he might. Like I said, mentor relationship. Yeah, well, I mean, well as be... you will both know, as students of advanced Dungeons and Dragons, it's really the difference between a sorcerer and a mage. <laughs> where a sorcerer, it is intuitive and comes naturally, whereas a mage has to study and learn their spells. Nerb. <laughs> <laughs> what a great big fucking nerb. <laughs> sure, absolutely. I feel like we're all uh, mages at this point, and the show is is the sorcerer. In that, like, I quite liked. I, I get that it was a bit clunky, but I quite liked that the show was like, we're going to explain to you now how magic works in this universe. Like Catherine Hans saying that I, I can cast runes, and the runes indicate magical shit happening, and I can create a space where only my magic works. And I, I, I liked that it was like setting out the boundaries of of okay, we're bringing in like magic magic and this is kind of how it works i appreciated them kind of doing that in this episode yeah but mm. i mean we should focus a little bit on that line that she has the afterglow of so many spells cast all at once drew her where is the sorcerer supreme in all this he's literally <laughs> just up the road in new york or is he presumably he must be like in a meditation retreat in a yurt somewhere because like what what else is he doing like where is wong in all this is is yeah. agatha the only magic user who is aware of this insane amount of energy being dispelled all at once it, it seems improbable doctor strange is looking at his hand as all of his fingers turn into hands and all of the fingers on those hands turn into fingers <laughs> yes. and hands, That's and, exactly hands, what's hands. Happening. and he's been doing that for weeks now <laughs> maybe he's just in a spa day right because you know he was just think about what Doctor Strange has gone through recently. He was going for a nice sandwich with his good friend Wong, and then some fucking alien prick parked a spaceship on his street, and it all mm -hmm. went to shit from there. And so he's had mm -hmm. a really rough... Yeah, Wanda's had a rough time as well, but perhaps Doctor Stephen Strange is just... He's being pampered right now. Look, I, res <laughs> I respect his <laughs> commitment to self-care. I really yeah. do. Um, I, just, I just feel like there are certain things that when you take the job of Sorcerer Supreme, kind of come with the job, you know? So I, I feel like perhaps he could delay the, uh, the rest of the, I don't know, seaweed facial and, uh, and come back to work pretty quick. Maybe he's got another one of those beers that refills itself as soon as you finish <sighs> drinking it. Maybe he does. Or he's having a Bleecker yeah. Street burger. That's a good burger. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe he's eating a slice of pizza from John's Pizza, which is a very nice pizza place in and around that place where he lives sure. in New York. Uh, potentially. Possibly. Uh, but yeah, there's so much going on in this episode. There is also this interesting fact of... or theory, perhaps, of her having powers before yes. um, the Mind Stone. So that's kind of interesting. And it does suggest, it does potentially, if they want it to, lay some groundwork for mutation. Yes. It does say that there are people out there who react differently to other people when put in these, you know, let's say, Infinity Stone situations, for example. But mm -hmm. I, it was interesting as well, though, that scene with her and the Mind Stone, because the Mind Stone sorry for the pun, did appear to have a mind of its own and did appear to be almost interacting with her. And the Scarlet Witch figure that we could see mm. in that yellow light... Felt like seemed, a future echo. Well, yeah, or yes, or an outside entity. I was worried about, you know, we've all been through the Phoenix Saga now several times. I was worried about it almost being a Phoenix Saga thing, which an outside force coming into her and hopefully not because that's been badly done and I don't want to see it for a but little while. did we talk about that a few weeks ago, that, you know, that Wanda, in a way, could be the MCU's way of doing Dark Phoenix... Mm. And they would do it well. If, if, I mean, if that is an outside force, if the Scarlet Witch is a sort of Phoenix power coming at her, then 
they are doing it pretty well so far. So, you know, keep that up, I guess. Mm. I've, uh, in terms of the mutation thing, uh, I've always said that I think the easiest way to introduce mutants into the MCU is wait a few years and then have it crop up as a result of the, of the blip. So people who returned, if they have the additional X gene, start, you know, developing powers. That's good um, shout. That would, I like that. That would say, because that would square all the, you know, not having seen it before. Um, and you you could potentially, I guess, if you need them, have a couple of older mutants who just had developed the power before. But generally speaking, worldwide mutation could start as a result of the blip, and that would be elegant. And we know they like elegant storytelling, because look at the Infinity Stones. Yeah, sure. I'm, I'm, I'm there for that. But there's, there, there is something significant about the fact that Wanda appears to have her powers here. And this is also the first mm. time that her powers have been clearly defined in terms of being close to what she uh, is able to do in the comic books. Agatha says, you know, you cast a, a probability hex. And that's what mm. essentially, not always, but it's, it's one of the powers that Wanda has in the comic books that, you know, she um, she can control essentially the the, the the laws of probability as as chance would have it last night I was reading the run of John Byrne's run on the West Coast Avengers which ends uh, the Fission Quest run which which ends with Fission being leashed of his colour and his identity which yeah you know, white vision hmm. white yeah indeed uh, which potentially has a, an impact on this episode as well so I was reading that mm-hmm. run again and um, and in that Hawkeye accidentally fires an arrow directly at her heart, the great big twat, and reduces the probability of the arrow hitting her from 100% to 0%. She can turn a sure thing into a non-entity. And so that's what she's done with the bomb. That seems to be what she's done with the Stark bomb in this, in that something that was about to go off, she has somehow negated its usefulness. She would send C-3PO absolutely haywire. You wouldn't know what the probability of anything was. <laughs> I love the fact that this show is self-aware enough that it regularly points to Wanda's Sokovian accent being, shall we say, uh, ephemeral and coming mm. and going. It's like, that accent mm-hmm. really comes and goes, doesn't it? And I like the idea that she's learned English from watching sitcoms, much like yeah. Mila Kunis yeah. did. A lot of people um, do. Yeah, which is which is kind of cool. However, Wanda's full of shit, and let me tell you why. Because in her big box of sitcom DVD box sex, which took place, lest, lest we forget, in 1999, she has uh, Isle of Lucy, Bewitched, Adam's Family, Dick Van Dyke Show, Who's the Boss, Jim Regini, a whole bunch of stuff. She also has a Malcolm in the Middle box set. Now, I put it to you, the Malcolm in the Middle didn't air until January 2000, oh. and the first DVD box set wasn't available until 2002, so I call her out for a liar. Is that in the case? It's, it's in, in the, the middle, box, is, yeah. yeah. Mac in the middle. Was yeah. it definitely 1999? Yeah. Did they specify 99? Did they specify 1999? Because I have a question that as well. That's when, the, that's when that event takes place in 1999. Are we sure? When the Why do we know that? I believe that's the canonical date for it. Okay. Uh, it certainly was I was, when I looked I have it up. questions about that because if basically, like, I was buying my very first DVDs in 1999, mm. like my were, very yeah, first ones. We're saying the Sokovians right? were massively early adopters I mean, of a new form. Really <laughs> early adopters. Like, those things were expensive <laughs> yeah, at that point. And not true. everybody had a D. I, my the first DVDs. Like 600 quid. Yeah, my first DVDs. I bought the DVDs and then I went to a friend's house to watch them because I still didn't have my own <laughs> DVD player. So, I mean, I just feel like there might be some shimmying around my the first ever dvd was the devil's advocate true story my first two were fight club and gladiator they were gorgeous austin powers international man of mystery and contact i had the flipper of lock stock and two smoking barrels where you had to flip it over halfway through because they didn't have dual layered discs oh back my then. god mm. 
My I think God. mine was, my first one was probably Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. Of course it was. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's a DVD? Oh, you have to use your hands? That's like a baby's toy. What? Um, the first one I watched, I think I mentioned it on the regular pod, was X-Men 1.5. You know that weird... Oh, God, like, yeah, 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 yeah. That. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. that was a rental from Blockbuster. Wow. Bloody hell. That is glorious pedantry there, Jimbo. Uh, so uh, you're right. So in episode five, I think it was, we see that she's born in 1989 and her parents died 10 years later, hence 1999. But again, right, yeah. again, this is a projection. This is a memory. Yeah, she's an unreliable narrator. Perhaps yeah. she's just misremembering. Absolutely. Mm. So let's go with that, shall we? But it is fun that, you know, all the, the shows that she's been basing her existence mm. on over the last few weeks, is uh, everything's in that box and everything's shown throughout, you know, that, so it's a Brady Bunch that she's seen in the, uh, in the, in the cell, in Hydra yes. Cell. And Season one, episode seven, just throwing that out. There. Thank you, Jimbo. And of course, Malcolm in the Middle did look quite funny. I've never seen Malcolm in the Middle and, uh, you know, an entire shed collapsing on Walter White was, was, was pretty damn funny. I thought, yeah, well done then. Uh, so that, I thought that I thought it was really, really nice the way I worked it in. And also, you know, this episode was debunking theories in some way. So my long-standing theory that the people, the man and the woman in the commercials that we've been seeing for the last yeah. few weeks mm. would be her parents. That was, I was like, oh my God, we're going to see her parents. Oh my God, we're going to see her parents. Oh, I'm going to be pro right. And I was like, oh no, it's Greg and Irene. <laughs> yeah. Oh, what are they, what's that yeah. about? Um, so that was wrong. But yeah, so the advert, advert people must be just two more towns people. I maybe. guess I don't know, or or maybe, maybe I mean because I I thought it was if they weren't her parents that it was going to be let's say two people that she killed in the, in the course of this and therefore she's haunted by guilt with them and mm-hmm. then they're going to turn up in one of these other flashbacks but still nothing as far as I could see so yeah. I guess they're just townspeople. Do you think that'll be revealed next week? Do you think it'll be confirmed or is it just going to be one of those things that'll just float in the air and never be? It'll float. Up? It'll they float. Lots of float. And when you're down with, <laughs> here with me, you'll float too. <laughs> but also in that sequence as well, we get the uh, origin of the flashing red light in the mm. Toastmate 2000, the Stark-made True. Toastmate 2000, which is the red flashing light on the bomb that would have blown up uh, she and Pietro had Wanda not displayed her hex powers. And I think that Indeed. is an odd to mutation. I, I really do. But my God, Pietro got the wrong end of that deal. He really got shafted, didn't he? Uh, he gets super speed and his hair looks pretty cool. Uh, she becomes <laughs> some sort of nexus being who can control <laughs> realities and But rework. she had a power to begin with. So this, mm. uh, you're supposed to assume the Mind Stone has amplified her powers. Pietro was just a pleb. No, but no, no, you've got, you got to assume. He's a related they, pleb. You've got to assume that he also has had, he has powers at the same point as well, because they, they say that the, the, the Mind yeah, Stone, the twins. Yeah, the Mind yeah. Stone has, you know, none of the other, you know, none of the other volunteers have survived. Uh, mm-hmm. There's something in the Maximoff genes that has. They shouldn't that- be able to touch that fucking stone. They, they, Why not? She didn't. She didn't touch That's it. That's true. She didn't because touching an Infinity Stone ends badly for humans. Not always. Mm. Also, in that flashback, um, I can't remember exactly how it plays out, but I think the first time we see Kid Pietro in that scene, he's running, and that felt like mm. a very specific kind of Deliberate moment. Thing. Yeah. Mm. So I, I think they were hinting that that yeah. Running is his thing, fast or normal speed. I did have a couple of questions about that. First of all, the Walnut episode of the Dick Van Dyke show appears to be episode 20, not 21, according to Google. So, you know, obviously oh, that's a huge God. deal. Huge deal. But um, I would have liked just a little line from one of the texts going, okay, let's get in her brother. You know, this worked. Or something to yeah. kind of acknowledge that she survived and that he's there, even if we don't see him. And I kind of wish they got back Henry Goodman. Maybe he's busy. 
But I felt like if you couldn't afford um, Thomas Kretschmann, maybe you could have got Henry Goodman at least. But then maybe he got his powers from her in some fashion. Like maybe she encounters the stone and gets her powers, and maybe she somehow gives Pietro his powers, whether mm, intentionally that's or not inadvertently. not the way they talk about it in Age of Ultron, though. Yeah, I mean, retcons and all that, who knows? Well, yeah, but, but, uh, yeah, but um, yeah, maybe. Uh, interesting also that Agatha recognises an Infinity Stone on site. Yeah, again, I, I guess at this point they're, they're fairly famous. Yeah, I was expecting to see Strucker. Maybe not Henry Goodman. Nice bit of continuity would have, would have been lovely, but mm. I was expecting to see Strucker. I've seen oh, Thomas Kretschmann's CV. He's not picky. So <laughs> I can only imagine that he was busy that weekend. Maybe he was being bitten by a radioactive Kretsch. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Shall we talk about Agatha all along? Because we were talking about this off yeah. mic. And mm. Agatha all along isn't entirely accurate, is it? Mm. In that this episode very, very clearly states that it was Wanda all along. Maximoff all along. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, it really does. It kind of immediately undermines the big uh, the big thing at the end of last week. So the, the TV aspect is coming from Wanda's psyche, which we did speculate about. We did speculate about her watching sitcoms growing up as a sort of way to learn English and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that's coming from Wanda. We know the hex is coming from Wanda. We know that Wanda is controlling everybody in the hex. Um, so it was Agatha all along. It was Agatha, what, keeping an eye on her? And okay, yes, sending Fietro, but mm. like, what else has she actually particularly done? She's been casting little spells within the hex to try and Oh, stop she killed Sparky. The- yeah, she killed Sparky, and uh, but can you kill something that doesn't exist? Uh, you know, she's just, she's cast little spells to try and keep the construct going, in order to try and get the truth from Wanda, trying to find out why Wanda is powerful. She has that line, doesn't she? She says, "You know, I, I've I've been gentle. I've been trying to you know prod you gently, mm-hmm. and it hasn't worked. So now this is what we're going to do. We're going to do this yeah. instead." So that's kind of interesting. Hmm. Is it Agatha all along, as in Agatha is the architect of all of this? No. Was it Agatha all along, as in Agatha was pushing Wanda and manipulating her to keep the reality going? Yes. So I think it's kind of (laughs) 50-50. Call it a draw. Is she trying to get her to keep the reality going? I think she is, because she she said something along the lines of, you know, I was gentle, but, uh, you know, you couldn't stop this thing from falling apart. I'm paraphrasing here, but you couldn't mm. stop this thing from falling apart. And uh, so I think she was trying to keep the illusion going to try and find out where this incredible source of power was coming from. Mm. It's a little bit nebulous, mm. and I hope it is explained next week exactly what Agatha wants from Wanda. And I also wonder if... Our long speculation, and everyone's been speculating about this for for weeks, that there's another big bad behind Agatha, and it'd be Nightmare or someone like that. And I'm coming around the idea that it's, there's not. Yeah, I'm, I am too. I think in terms of Agatha, well, partly for me, Agatha all along is that she has been Agatha all along because Wanda's not in her head. She's never been Agnes. She has been Agatha all along. Oh, yeah. fair. That's okay. Okay, yeah. Okay. yeah. But at the, same, the other thing with um, Agatha is she's just keen to see, because her whole thing is like, I need to see who this Wanda person is and what's happening here. I think she wants to see how far that power will go, what the limits of Wanda's power are, which is why she's kept kind of prodding her and pushing her different ways. I think that temptation to bring Sparky mm-hmm. back from the dead was like, 
can you do this? Can you do that? Yeah. Um, so if she if she wants that power for herself, or she wants to consume that power, or like team up with Wanda to influence that power, I think she's just keen to see like this woman is insanely powerful. How big does this go? How much further can she push further and further outwards? I don't think she's about consuming the power anymore. I think that the end of the episode makes that pretty clear. She's not about trying to consume Wanda's power. She's about trying to control it and the fact that it shouldn't exist and the fact that it is dangerous. I think ultimately the end of this episode suggests that her role is more of a police action to me. Magic police. Magic police. And there are still big, big questions about the level of reality of those kids. For yes. example, well, yeah, but see, is there or is there not? Because she talks about the point that shouldn't exist that that chaos magic enables her to sort of create things, creation yeah. from nothing, isn't it? And yeah. it's telling that when she creates vision from nothing, you see the kind of yellowy glow of the mind stone as opposed to the red of her normal power. Like there's mm-hmm. something going on there. So she could easily, I guess, have created those children as actual beings out of nothing. The question, of course, is is like how. She's created these things, but what are the parameters? Because Vision starts to disassemble when he leaves the Hex. Can they only exist inside the Hex, or is there life beyond that? And as in the comics, the boys only seem to exist when Agatha or um, Wanda are with them. So um, that's a bit of a suggestion that they're not entirely real. But yeah, you're right. So she says, um, you have no idea how dangerous you are being capable of spontaneous creation, using it to make breakfast for dinner. And then she says, your children vision your whole little life. This is chaos magic, making you, you are the Scarlet, the Scarlet Witch. Witch. Dun, no! dun, dun. A couple of things on that. First up, breakfast for dinner is fucking incredible. And I had breakfast for dinner <laughs> oh, just the other week and it was amazing. Hash browns, beans, bacon, yeah. uh, a bit of toast, yeah. uh, fried egg. Yeah, absolutely oh, delicious. Tip top. What James said just made something click in my head is that that's, of course, why when Vision is cr- escaping the hex, he doesn't revert to corpse vision and he's literally flaking apart and flying back into yeah. the hex because mm. he doesn't exist outside of that construct. Which leads us to one of the big questions. And there are lots of big questions. I mean, the, the last episode has got to do a lot of heavy lifting. And I suspect Vision himself will do a lot of heavy lifting because that dude's super fucking strong. But hey. the la- yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad to be appreciated <laughs> in my own lifetime. Um, so the, one of the big questions is if Wanda has created this Vision out of whole mm-hmm. cloth, mm-hmm. how is Hayward tracking him? In the hex. A very good, because he's tracking vibranium, except he's not made of vibranium, he's made of Wanda. No, but he is. She's created actual vision. She's it's, created vibranium. the only vibranium. thing we can take from those two facts together. Yeah. She he's, has created, out of thin air, vibranium she has created vision. vibranium and all the other stuff that goes into vision. Mm, that's the I guess only that way is, to that is, that. Yeah, that is the only logical thing. Because it's interesting that this has upended everything. Like, he, old Dick Terrorist, is a lying motherfucker. His whole yeah. thing, she didn't steal Vision at nope. all. She did the opposite of that. And also, also, inviting her in to show her his team dismembering her boyfriend yes. is a dick move of the highest <laughs> yeah. order. Or also, can we just ask a quick question? Who designs office space like that? Who has an office with a gallery into a workshop? No one has an office like that. It's mental. I bet Steve Jobs did. <laughs> Yeah, he probably did. But no one except Steve's jobs has an office like that. Yeah, it was it was a very odd scene to me. And and I think it's very clear that the person who is particularly pushing for resurrection here 
is Hayward. So if there is going to be a big bad who's working with Agnes, Agatha, it's going to be yeah. whoever he is when he's not being Hayward. But I don't think they're working together, but he is also obsessed with resurrection. He is also obsessed with reanimating Vision's corpse and using it to his own ends. Mm. And it's clear that he doesn't want Vision back. He wants that body. See, it feels to me like looking at, you know, hashtag Vision so white, like when he turns up in there, sort of white Vision, who in the mm. comics has none of the emotions or memories of actual Vision. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like it strikes me that this is the way that Vision's going to come back to life. Like he has found a way using Stark Tech to reanimate Vision's corpse, and Wanda will somehow imbue that corpse with yes. the consciousness that she has conjured. If they're going to bring Vision back to life, that is 100% how it goes. Yeah. I don't know if they are or not still at this point. So if they do, that's yet another dead character coming back to life in the MCU, which happens a hell of a lot, not even counting the whole half the universe incident, <laughs> like a lot. So I don't know if they want to have Vision's death undone because it is undoing a deliberate self-sacrifice. I'm not saying they won't do it. I, I think they might. And I love mm-hmm. Vision enough that I'm not even going to complain when they do. But it, you know, it's it's not cinema, is it? It's not really a self. I mean, his first death was a self sacrifice. His second one was just murder. Maros, who, albeit <laughs> is being murder. a hero, yeah. was just being a dick. Oh come on! <laughs> it was just straight up murder. Let's, let's be honest. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm I'd be okay with it coming back. I've said and we've said it, uh, on the show that I thought that Vision's not going to make it beyond the boundaries of this show. But now suddenly mm. here is a get out of jail free yep. card and quite an elegant one, actually, mm. I would say. Actually, so, you know, yeah. you could have, I'm hoping that there's going to be some sort of Superman three showdown next week, hopefully <laughs> in some yeah. sort of scrapyard between uh, good vision and bad vision. Uh, and that might end with good vision transferring his consciousness and not one, well, not all his memories because he doesn't have a lot of memories uh, into bad visions shell, yeah. thus allowing Vision to exist outside the hex. I would be totally 100%. okay with yeah. that because I don't think that's a situation where you have completely undone and reversed everything and the impact that that death had because you haven't because Vision's death has still had a huge impact on Wanda as evidenced in WandaVision. So I'd, I'd be okay with that. This isn't like Pepper coming back two minutes after we think she's dead in Iron Man 3, for example. No, I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that, but I, I do think it, it it raises some questions. Look, I'm as I say, I absolutely adore Vision. I'm totally here for him coming back. I just don't know that it's a, a dead cert at this yeah. point, or a live cert, if you will. Um, and I think... It is interesting. I mean, it is very elegantly done, this idea that Wanda's power was key to killing him. Wanda's power is key to bringing him back to life. I think Mm -hmm. the reason that her magic went from red to yellow is that to show that it's kind of a real thing. It's a real, it's a reality that she has created, a reality involving a a fraction Mm. of the Mind Stone's power and not just an illusion. Um, That's what I took from the yellow uh, as opposed to the red at that point. And so it is entirely possible. I 100% agree, Chris, if it happens, that'll be the way it happens. And there's a fight and then they you know end up somehow some kind of merging mm. but i don't know where that leaves wanda and i don't know whether where that leaves doctor strange in the multiverse of madness if vision's back is he pissed is that what we're saying uh because that seems i mean i get it but it also seems harsh to break off all contact so then is he in Multiverse of Madness? There's every chance he is. There's every chance he is. Although Bentley does seem to be in New York you know, from all his Instagram posts and yeah. you know the tracker I've had on him for a while. Yeah, I am tracking. <laughs> You're tracking the decaying vibranium. Yeah. yeah, he is entirely made of vibranium. He went full method for this. Uh, I've been tracking him for quite some time, actually. He's currently 
in the kitchen. Yeah, so he, so I suspect that he's not in Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness, no. and I think narratively and emotionally, it would make sense for this if Wanda lost him forever at the end of this and had to say goodbye to him and wow. made peace with that, because yeah. a large part of this is about she won't make peace with it. She refuses to make peace with it. And uh, it's all, as we've talked about in the past, it's all three weeks ago for her that she lost him. Uh, five years for everybody else. And mm. it's so fresh and raw and painful for her. And that, that I, I, oh my God, that lovely scene with him in, uh, in her room. Oh, it's room so good. In Avengers that line compound. though, what is, uh, what is grief if not love persevering? Yeah. That's, That's so good. He is, he is Such the poet lovely. of the MCU. I mean, there's mm. that line as well about it. In Even down the Age Rolex sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also like his, his, his yeah, no, his, his, his scene with Ultron at the very end of, of Age of Ultron as well. You know, there's real poetry there. A thing isn't beautiful just because it lasts. Yeah. You know, he's 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 a gorgeous character. You're I love unbearably it. naive. He has all of <laughs> Shakespeare in his head. The entire internet, the entire history of human literacy resides within him. So he'd better be good at spewing out a few words here and there. No, but um, like they come from the heart, Ben. Come. Does man. he have a heart? Oh, you're oh. such a monster. Wow. Poor fella doesn't have a dick. Now he doesn't have a heart. Come on, Ben. Honestly. <laughs> so I, I thought this episode was, was clearly this is Wanda's episode. This is Wanda's uh, season. This is Wanda's show. Uh, and we'll talk about Elizabeth Olsen in a second and how phenomenal I think she is in this, in this episode. Uh, Bethany only really has those handful of scenes. He has that mm. you know, couple of bits towards the end. But he has a scene in Avengers Compound. And but if you think about it, and it's the same thing for, for Lizzie Olsen also, the the acting challenge that this show has presented them is incredible. Like every week they've had to lock into a different paradigm shift. They've had to lock into a different tone. They've had to lock into sometimes in the same scene, they've had to lock into different iterations of Wanda and Vision and who they're meant to be and when they're meant to be. And what I loved about the scene in the compound with the two of them was that this was basically newborn vision. This was so this is in between Age of Ultron and Civil War. You know, he's still that sort of, he's still a very stiff 3PO type uh, that we met in Age of Ultron. And but there's still something so lovely about watching him begin to become mm. more human mm. as he goes on. I mean, he's so human in so many uh, episodes of this show. And then we get to see the slightly more formal vision here as well. I love him. He's so good. Yeah. I did have questions about his legal status. Um, <laughs> I, honestly, one of my favorite parts of any of these podcasts is Helen suddenly going, I did have questions about something. <laughs> in, in what but, way? Go on. Okay, so, I'm sure I can um, answer all your questions. I'm sure you can. Um, yep. So we're dismantling the most sophisticated sentient weapon ever made. We have a legal and ethical obligation, do we, to do so? Is that right? He's a Hayward? dick terrorist. He, he is a dick, dick terrorist. So... But I have questions. Okay, so Vision seems to have been claimed by the US government, which is now saying, I can al cannot allow you to take $3 billion worth of vibranium just to put it in the ground. Why do you get to decide it? It isn't your vibranium. Yeah. It was never America's vibranium, unless we're considering Ultron an American, which I, well, I mean, are we? If it is America's vibranium, then the bottom half, half of it is literally America's ass. So. <laughs> Which we already know it can't be because that's Captain America's. So you see, 
immediately this so this all falls down so I mean, there is a a historical precedent for uh, america just deciding that they own things especially things that rightfully belong to countries <laughs> in africa destiny <laughs> yeah but like how did they even get his body so was there some kind of deal struck with wakanda with a black pantherless shuriless wakanda did angela bassett basically agree some kind of you know trade deal which involved giving vision's body to the americans and them having some legal claim on it because They've got him, and they're now claiming a legal right to the vibranium in his in his veins. But Wakanda wouldn't have owned him. He just happened to die in Wakanda. He just happened to he, be there. So, was, okay, so, maybe, so the Avengers would have taken him home, or whoever was left standing at the end of the battle in okay, Infinity War. His corpse six. would have been taken back to America. But you're asking about sort of the, the origins of Vision. A bit of both, really. Like, maybe he had... American citizenship at some point. Like maybe he he gained legal personhood. Maybe Tony's lawyers sorted that out for him. Yeah. Okay, but like that doesn't necessarily mean the government gets to claim your bones. But this is going to be something that that runs. I think, having not seen any of it, but I think this will run through Falcon and Winter Soldier as well. In that, mm. what does a government get to claim? And this is something that's run through the MCU. Right from the off, pretty much. You know, yeah. a lot of Iron Man 2 revolves around the government going to Tony Stark. Hey, mm. you built that tech. All your bases are belong to All us. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so give us it. Give us it, dickhead. Uh, or we'll make life very, very difficult for you. Uh, you know, what is what are the Sokovian Accords, if not, you know, government mm. oversight over superheroes? And so this is potentially a, a, another offshoot of that, you know, post Infinity War post spoilers for Avengers Endgame. I can't imagine anyone listening to this hasn't seen Avengers Endgame, but post Tony's death, <laughs> for example, post Steve's departure, the yeah. Avengers will be in disarray. Who yeah. is to stop, especially after Infinity War, who is to stop S.W.O.R.D. doing what they will and also maybe not exactly being on the up and up you know so if Cap or Natasha had asked hey what happened to Vision's corpse they'd go I don't know Vision's corpse what are you talking about it's hot in here I feel like after Infinity War you know you still had the Central Six so you know yeah. there's people there who can argue no fuck off he's ours it's more after Endgame I would have thought that we're talking yeah but it also seems to me that they've been experimenting with Vision for a lot longer than just for a while three yeah weeks. it does so it seems yeah. to me that they've got his corpse at some point after Infinity War and they've really, really struggled mm-hmm. with it. <laughs> I mean, my God, this guy's an asshole. And I would have He's liked... Such a dick. Honestly, I would have liked a little more character development for him. He's very well cast. Josh Danberg, who plays Dick Terrorist, is very well cast in that he is mm. someone that, you know, look at him, he looks so dependable with his big, steely, all-American jaw and his all-American hairline and, his, you know, his you know, all-American eyes. But he's actually a reprehensible, loathsome shit. Uh, when you, you know, when you scratch, you know, just poke a little bit beneath the surface. He's really well cast, but I could have done with maybe a little bit more character development along the lines of, say, Simo. Mm. Because he has a really interesting line a few episodes ago, which is, you weren't here, I'm paraphrasing wildly, but you weren't here. You blipped. You were snapped. You have no idea what it was like. And I think I need more. I yeah, need a little bit more, more that wouldn't have gone for why this guy is prepared to do and run sword. I mean, I don't think he's going to be long for this world, but I would need a little bit more. If he is the big bad guy of this show, and just I just need a little bit more from him. Hmm. Well, he still might get that, I guess, next time. Yeah, it's it's not been a great time for him so far. I'm also 
And again, this is a slightly <laughs> nerdy point, but I'm, I'm kind of surprised by the insides of Vision being as metallic as they are. I know he's laced with vibranium, you know, and that's kind of his veins or whatever. But, you know, he was created in a cradle that is designed to create flesh or something very, very close to it. So I kind of expected him to be a bit more human and a bit less robotic on the inside. I assume that's yeah. a deliberate choice to, to make that scene only very horrifying as opposed to unbearably <laughs> horrifying. Yes. But, um, but it, it was less, you know, um, human-y than I was expecting. No, you're right. I, I always had this this idea of the MCU vision as being some sort of, you know, he's, just, he's got an outer shell. Like, how does he phase? How can he control the density of millions of component parts inside him at the same time. But then again, he's super duper and the mind still works in mysterious ways. So so who knows? Jimbo, do you have any questions? Do I have any questions uh, other than how Helens. they got hold of a Malcolm in the Middle DVD ahead of its actual air date? <laughs> and really, that is the question that dogs I mean, me all the way through this episode. They were pirate DVDs. So, yeah, yeah, that's I true. So they that. managed to get them pirated before it aired. So you're saying that they should have died and you're glad they're dead? <laughs> yes, wow. because they're pirates. This video piracy is a crime. Do not accept it. Uh, yes. Do you think fact killed them? Yes, absolutely. Fact killed them. <laughs> oh my goodness. This, is, this is huge. So someone's got a one thousand pound, one thousand pound prize for their heads. Do you get a thousand pounds per kill? I wonder. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. This is dark. It is dark. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, also, I was unsure what they were doing. Like they were, we are we are ethically disassembling Vision using sort of electric nail files and stuff. It's like he's made of vibranium. How is this even working? And it's just like adamantium can cut adamantium. So vibranium yeah. presumably they can got cut vibranium, vibranium saw to yeah. saw off. Vision. Yeah. So what they've spent another couple of billion on a vibranium saw yeah. just so they can so that, just cut so they can the saw vision well, yes. into bits. Or you can go to home base and buy one for ten quid, and it's not going to get you anywhere. So you might as well spend a couple of billion on it if it helps you get a little bit closer to unlocking the secrets of the vision. Don't you think the vision? The vision. Yeah. Uh, it's just it's always disappointing when a when a government organization instead of you know spending money on cool stuff like Mars <laughs> rovers and feeding people who need it, you know, spends its money on like taking apart poets in order to build them into better weapons. It's kind of a diner. Philip Larkin went the same way. <laughs> I have a question. Do we think Haywood is interested in Wanda as a sentient weapon as well? Because it felt like in that scene, when he was being a total dick, and she's like, I want to see my dead boyfriend. He's like, look at his body in loads of pieces down there. This will be cool for you. And in that it's moment, your lucky day. Here he is. It felt like he was pushing her. He knows yeah. how powerful she is. She is sentient and she has powers that could be construed as but it's weaponly. Interesting that he, he needed her to jumpstart exactly. vision. You know, like he needed he needed her power and he took the hex power that was imbued in the drone, mm -hmm. yeah. which is tenuous, to, you know, kickstart him to life. Yeah, I, that's what I took from that as well, that he was goading her and she didn't fall for it back at S.W.O.R.D. headquarters because she she was like, I don't feel you. Obviously echoing that nice bit from Endgame, or mm -hmm. Infinity War rather, and um, and I thought was was really touching. And she does the sensible thing and she does walk away and she does find, if not peace, some kind of, you know, cl uh, not closure either. I don't know. But she she does act like a rational human at that point. And he, he has tried, I think, his best to see if she, if merely her presence would kind of wake him up or if, or if there was something she would do in that room. You know, she he literally calls off the guards so she can. Mm. Yeah. I wonder if he was like, oh, maybe she'll just stick him back together. Maybe she'll look at yeah. all the pieces and go, and he'll just go, whoop. I would and save him he'll be time. awake again. 
Although the danger of that is, of course, that then he wouldn't control Vision necessarily if she did that. So yeah, he may be a little conflicted in that scene, but but I think he's trying to try that theory of getting her power to get Vision back online, as he calls it. Dick. Mm. Terrorist. Dick terrorist. What a dick terrorist. Uh, so we see five... Four flashbacks? We see four flashbacks. So we see the first one is young Pietro and young Wanda. Mm -hmm. I think we've talked about that one pretty much. Oh, the, the one thing I did want to mention from that was how nonchalant Wanda's mum was. You could even say unfazed about the fact that there was a gun battle raging in the streets outside her mm. flat. Yeah, she just looks at and goes, yeah, <laughs> gets yeah. back to it. Yeah. Totally fine. I think that's why we have timeline problems, because they were trying to desperately to set that scene in the 90s when there were obviously, you know, conflicts in the Balkans, obviously mostly earlier 90s. And they're they're trying desperately to, you know, give us a, a an Eastern Europe that is not at rest. And instead, I think they've just given themselves DVD problems. Yeah. That's right. I think that did speak to the fact, though, that this is this is normal life for them. This isn't something that particularly phases her, there being this gun battle on the street. Did anybody else absolutely shit themselves when the house exploded? Because that caught me off guard so much, well, and I, I physically work out what jumped to initially. Because you get that slight zoom, then fade to black effect. Mm -hmm. And I'm so used to them doing weird stuff with transitions and aspect ratios that I kind of didn't realise. And I was like, oh, shit, they've just been bombed. Yeah. Mm. I, I, I kind of wanted more sense of the kids being physically trapped god that sounds really bad as opposed I don't to just approve. being under a bed yeah, yeah. i don't approve yeah. of kids being trapped but like there was there was a sense that they scrambled under the bed and that there yeah. was room for them to move around they didn't and the, feel and the bomb wasn't right next to them yeah because of course the way wanda tells it in age of ultron it feels like they were trapped yeah. and they couldn't move yeah. because the bomb mm. might go off but unreliable narrator and now it seems that the bomb was about to go off but mm. she hexed it and stopped her from doing so, and then maybe created the memories. She's got a habit of doing so. She starts young here, uh, and maybe she created those those false memories as a way of dealing with the trauma of, of frankly, you know, uh, watching the Dick Van Dyke show, which would be traumatic enough for <laughs> hey. anybody. I mean, sorry, hey. sorry, I mean, uh, having her parents killed in front of her. <laughs> that's what I meant to say. That's what you meant, of course. That's, yeah, that's clearly what I meant to say. Uh, and then the second flashback was as you we've talked about again a little bit we, mm. the second flashback was the the hydra flashback anything in particular that stands out there a couple of things uh, first of all they treat their volunteers really badly i mean put them in extremely ill-fitting clothes and give mm -hmm. them a subpar accommodation uh, make no them watch shoes. the brady bunch no shoes. The and then there's also <laughs> there's also that that little exchange in that clip of the Brady Bunch. Yeah, you yeah. you all hurt her feelings. Uh, she doesn't have any feelings. I thought there was an, an element that's the episode of... where Cindy believes her doll is alive. Mm. So really, yeah, that's season one, episode seven. Yeah. And then they have a witch who lives next go. door. Is that? <laughs> I looked it up. I don't have an encyclopedic <laughs> knowledge of the Brady Bunch. It's been important to point that out because I know that Feige, who was largely responsible for this idea, has you know he's a proper sitcoms nerd. But even so, I imagine that they must have had to employ some sort of lackey to go through all these sitcoms and find bits that might possibly pertain to Wanda and Vision's situation or have bits that can be, you know, that can be replicated in Wanda's reimagining of these of these mm -hmm. sitcoms. I mean, what a, that's a job, isn't it? What, watch things and get paid for it? My God. <laughs> <Can imagine. laughs> like us. I, uh, I did like, I, I guess we've referred to it a bit in uh, when we were talking about the, like, Wanda in the chamber with the 
Mindstone sequence. But I, I thought it was really interesting that the sort of different perspectives that you see, her perspective, where it's breaking out of Loki's scepter and she sees the yellow, and then when it cuts to the sort of CCTV footage, that that was her experience. Like she was sort of mentally talking to the Mindstone, but in reality, all she did was walk into that room and then sort of collapse on the floor. Mm. I just thought it was quite interesting having, yeah, that that she's connected to it, that she communicates with it in a way or it mm-hmm. communicates something to her in a way that nobody else can quite perceive because in that moment yeah. i was like of course like the, the the loki scepter like remains a scepter for quite a while after this point so yeah. when it started breaking out and and you saw the yellow stone i was like oh don't quite get how this works i think that's cool and i think it's really uh it, it solves a problem that endgame has which is how does cap um, when he returns these stones get them you know back into the tesseract or back into the scepter because they've all totally changed their appearance la 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 and i think the stones do it themselves is the answer yes that's let's go with that shall we that's what happens. The stones can basically form that sort of protective shell around themselves yeah. and reinsert themselves back into the timeline at the appropriate point with no ill feeling. Mm-hmm. Here you are, little Mindstone. You're free now. Run along. Run along to freedom. And then the Mindstone looks back, a single tear rolling down his cheek. Yeah. Plaintive strings on the soundtrack. Oh, so lovely. And Captain America's Australian now. Okay, that's cute. Yeah. Run along, run along, little Mindstone. Um, anyway, uh, what was I going to say? Yes, uh, but Helen, I, I have to pull you up on something there. And you said one of the problems with Endgame? I don't understand. Sorry, yes, I didn't Sorry. mean problems. I meant one of the questions that people had about Endgame, even after yes. our 10 hours of spoiler yes. specials. Yes, thank you. Thank you for that. Because as we all know, Endgame categorically does not have any problems. <laughs> Should we talk about portals? Because that's what uh, Agatha uses. <laughs> write that down. That's what Agatha uses to uh, to transport Wanda back into this sort of it's a wonderful life type thing. So you're almost going back. See what I did there? That's very clever. And yeah, very you're, clever. we're going back through Wanda's life, almost Christmas Carol-esque. They're there. They're bystanders. They're observers in the scene as well. I really like that stuff. I really you know like that aspect of, of the yeah. show. She's exploring her psyche, though, isn't it? It's not like she's taking mm. her anywhere. Like This is yeah. all inside Wanda's head. Like she's mm. probing around in her brain. Yeah. 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 Uh, which allows you to have mistakes, like a Malcolm in the Middle box set. Indeed. Several <laughs> months before it was even produced or aired. <laughs> Wait, if, if Wanda's whole thing is spontaneous creation, what if she literally created Malcolm oh in the Middle? Oh, my God. What if she, she created <laughs> Malcolm in the <laughs> Middle? Wow. <laughs> oh, you've cracked the case, Ben. It's all it's yeah. wide open. It's cracked wide open. <laughs> she also invented DVDs, apparently. Yeah. yeah. And The yeah. Incredibles. Yeah. So shall we talk a little bit more about that scene in Avengers Compound between uh, Wanda and, oh. and Vision? Because I thought that was absolutely beautifully written, beautifully performed. Mm. Um, and I said we would talk about how great Lizzie Olsen has been in this entire series. Uh, but this episode alone, she absolutely smashes out of the park. You know, the sort of the loss, the sense of loss and the sense of grief and maybe even survivor's guilt that she has when she's driving through Westview at the end. And of course, you know, when she, we'll talk about it in a second, but when, you know, she has her big outburst towards the end, it's just incredible. But uh, I love this. I love this scene. I thought it was absolutely terrific. And, you know, yeah. this whole season has been about, this whole show has, has been about depression and coping with depression and getting past depression and 
the, her description of it, you know, as a wave washing over me. When I try to stand up, it just comes for me again. It's just going to drown me. Maybe Marty Scorsese would appreciate this episode after all. And there's some perceptive stuff in there as well, like in terms of her relationship with Vision and Vision becoming more human and being more aware of, of humanity and human emotions. Mm. When she says to him, there's nothing that's going to make this better. I, I thought that was a really beautiful note that they got in there and that he understands that, but this is something that he's never experienced before. And him seeing that, yeah, there are certain things that just aren't going to be okay, except just with a long time. There's nothing that he can do except for just sit with her on the bed and watch Malcolm in the middle and just be around. And and that being part of obviously her grief, but also at the same time, his growth and his humanity. Yeah. And I think I think it's interesting that he actually knows all about it. He just hasn't experienced it personally. Like he he actually I think has a great understanding. And again, I think that's in the scene with Ultron um again as well, that he has a great understanding of humanity, human emotions, but it's all secondhand. Um so so it's 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 a weird it's a weird growth scene because it's not that he's learning something he didn't know, it's that he's seeing something he hasn't experienced. Uh, and I think that was just brilliantly played on both their parts. And we talked about the uh, the fourth flashback, which shows us a dick terrorist is a dick terrorist and is not beyond manipulating some security mm. camera footage either to further his goals. What an absolute prick. Deep fakes abound with dick terrorist. And then she drives through Westview. And she drives through Westview. She and initially I'm thinking, oh, why is she driving to Westview? What is it about this show? How has mm-hmm. she ended up here of all places? Did she just drive through it by accident? Like the look of it? But we find out, no, that Vision had bought them a plot of land on which to build a house and on which to live, presumably yeah. in suburban domestic bliss. Um, and I, yeah, I thought that was really, really, really eagerly mm. sad. This whole sequence was amazing, right? We've been talking for weeks about, is it all wonder? Is there somebody else? Has she been tricked into this? Is somebody pulling the strings? And it seems like there are still possibilities for that, but I love the idea that they brought to the foreground in this episode that like, no, it is wonder that the extra power of the thing that kicked this off being her seeing the deed to that house, seeing the house, the plot of land that they would have shared together. And that yeah. being the point at which all of this explodes out there that she just instantly creates this for herself because she can't handle the idea of not having that. Mm is just so much more powerful than like it's Mephisto and he's tricked her into it like uh, this like made the season for me I'm I'm happy that they're going down this route because I think yeah. it is really emotionally powerful and I thought yeah. she was incredible in that moment that the moment that she goes from the total breakdown of it and then turning around and her hair's gone into the 50s style and just being instantly sucked into this life that this idealized life that she would have wanted to lead in the context of all the sitcom stuff that we saw earlier in the episode of of the sitcoms that she watched of the relationship that she envisioned had the way that this all tied together in this one moment i thought was absolutely amazing and it really hit me hard i thought it was just Mm. an amazing sequence and i'm i hope they don't undermine that in the final episode. Mm. I hope it is that no, it it is wonder all along. This is this is her emotional experience just powered into the world through her abilities, and it's about coming to terms with that. And I think that maybe will play a lot into the final episode in terms of uh, Monica Rambo being the person who could maybe yeah. reach her and help her out as somebody who is also experiencing her own loss. Mm. Exactly. But it also plays into notions of culpability. As well, and consequence, which is a big theme, and one, in fact, 
talked about and elaborated on by vision in Civil War and mm. catastrophe. And I'm really glad I'm with you in this one, Ben. I'm really glad that ultimately it was Wanda. And I don't think that Dick Terrorist is playing 4D chess. I don't think he has gone, right, show her Vision's body, and then she's going to go to Westview, and she's going to flip out and create this town, and then we're going to be there. And it's a really convoluted way of doing it. I think he's more of an opportunist than a schemer. Mm. So I don't think he's anything to do with that. This is all entirely spontaneous on her part. It is all born out of a huge, deep, deep wellspring of, of grief as well, I think. And it's really interesting in that what she's done here is criminal. It is a criminal act perpetrated, committed by an Avenger, a hero that we're meant to root for. And she has imprisoned thousands of people against yeah, their will. Yeah, kidnapping. Yeah. And in fact, if you look at the cinema when it's, when it's changed, the, um, the, the cinema marquee, the names on the cinema change to Big Red and Kidnapped are the films mm. that are playing whenever Wanda changes it to the 1950s. I that marquee changes a lot. It does change a lot. They've got a really good cinema, really good repertory mm. cinema, by the way. I really, really, really would like to go to Westview as it is in Wanda's head because the real Westview is a fucking shithole and I would not like to go there. Thanks very much. Everything's run down, overgrown, weeds. No thank you. But the fact that she is responsible for this is going to take an awful lot to come back from. Yeah. Uh, and I think, you know, you know, again, this is what's going to play into uh, Doctor Strange 2. Yeah, I think a little bit. I'm I'm interested in what has happened to Monica. I feel like this entire episode basically takes place in a period of about five minutes because it is all in Wanda's head. It mm. is all a sort of a conversation because the last we saw was Monica sort of being stopped from going in uh, to Agatha's house by Pietro. Fietro, sorry. Fietro, yeah. And um, so there's been no real, there's no, been no real fallout uh, from that encounter yet. And we don't know if she has literally obliterated him because he's not apparently super real or, or if he's um, stopped her in some way. So that'll be interesting next time. But it does feel like this is a, a, a very, very quick moment in, in real mm. time uh, that is setting up quite a lot of pieces to uh, for the finale next time. It does also feel that it did confirm your theory, I think Ben suggested it as well, that Pietro just happens to look like Evan Peters. And I'm furious mm -hmm. about that. Yeah. Uh, I <laughs> yeah. did want that to have more significance. But, you know, she does seem to say that, you know, it was, what was it? I've, I've even written it down. It was a case of crystalline possession. Does anyone know what that is? Any yeah. magic people here? What's crystalline possession? Oh, we, all, know? we all know what that is. It's we not worth explaining, Chris. Okay. Yeah, everyone knows what that <laughs> okay. is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Have you not read the crafts, Chris? Come on. Come on. I, I know. I, I skipped and read the cliff notes. Can I just say one thing that really broke me just on, at the end of this episode? And it, uh, uh, like a thought that really broke me is vision drawing a little love heart on that deed he's like oh, he's I like know. he's like a robot with a infinity stone in his head and he's also just a gooey like lovely dude who buys a deed for him and his girlfriend and draws a little love heart in the middle of it to can you grow imagine old, him yeah. doing it oh and my he's god he's just the best yeah i mean he can't grow old so he's also disingenuous but sure <laughs> maybe he can you know he could be he could be made obsolete by the next generation you don't know <laughs> yeah he's like ios 7 <laughs> yeah he just gets slower and slower and slower <laughs> until he gets retired yeah oh my god i i loved the, i loved this episode ultimately i thought like jimbo i thought the the opening five minutes was oh no what are you doing mm. uh but they really pulled it around and to gr mm. to ground it and root it in uh wanda's trauma is tremendous. I have the episode on my screen, as I tend to do when we're recording these, and I have it paused on Lizzie Olsen's face just before she explodes 
in Westview and just she's so great and at that moment when she and Vision connect for the first time because that's the first time really there's a little look they share in Age of Ultron when he saves her uh, in Sokovia towards the end but that's the first time that you really sense that oh these two are destined to be together um, she's so great I saw someone on Twitter today saying give Elizabeth Olsen all the Emmys, all the acting awards. I, In my heart of hearts, I think we all know that this show is going to be completely and utterly ignored by the Emmys. Uh, but it shouldn't be. And unless, of course, it shits the bed massively in the final episode. But if it lands, if it sticks a landing and, and the bed remains unshat upon, then this is a tremendous, tremendous piece of, of television. I think that should yeah. be in awards contention for sure. But is it TV really, Chris? Is it TV? It, is it TV? You know what it is, Helen? It's not cinema. You know what it is? It's What's content. That? Oh, ouch. <laughs> <laughs> the two words guaranteed to make Marty Scorsese's eyebrows fall off his, uh, his face. MCU and content. And yet, you know what? I think he would like this show. I really do. At Bethlehem Boardwalk Empire, at Curator John asks... I thought the cop in episode four said that Westview didn't exist and he was from Eastview. Mm. Yes, but that was not true. Yeah. The, that, that was clearly under the, under the effect yeah. of a, a sort of possession of the spell. mind text. Yeah. Let's hope we deal with all these questions so efficiently. <laughs> <laughs> At Cantona's ghost. Uh, considering the revelations of the past from this episode, are we meant to believe that mutant power exists and the Mind Stone was a catalyst to enhance or amplify them in the twins? Surely Agatha is interpreting the science involved as a mythical legend or a prophecy from her upbringing. Okay, so as discussed, this doesn't, I don't think this answers mutation either way, but, but I think there's clearly, some people have tendencies that mean they can survive Mind Stone contact. Or whatever. Or um, but I don't think it has to be mutation. It doesn't have to be mutation. It could be chaos, magic, blah, blah, blah. Um, so uh, the jury is still very much out on X-Men. And I've told you my personal preference, which is hold off for a few years and then let it emerge as a result of the blip. In terms of the question of science, I, I just feel like we're we're just going to stick with the Arthur C. Clarkean, Thorian thing that there's no real difference and you can call it science or magic and it doesn't particularly matter. I feel like Thor's right on the boundary of both. I think Doctor Strange and Agatha definitely go very hard towards the magic side, but it doesn't necessarily mean that they're doing something fundamentally mm. different. At Funkster Cosplay. So, did you spot Excelsior on Wanda's license plate? I didn't. I wasn't oh, cool. watching that closely, if I'm honest with you. But uh, uh, is Vision evil now is another question that he asked. And uh, by the way, I, I will quickly uh, append to this another question that literally dozens of you have sent in, which is that, and I think you might be right about this, that the actor that Paul Bettany has been talking up for ages, that he's been really excited. There's an actor, there's a great cameo in the last couple of episodes or the last episode from an actor you won't believe who this is. And it's an actor that Paul Bettany has been looking forward to working with for his whole life. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And we've been going, who could it be? Who could it be? Is it, you know, Anthony Daniels? Is it Mark Hamill? Is it Doctor Strange? Who... <laughs> playing himself is it is it who was it Al Pacino last week we were saying Sam Jackson as Nick Fury was another uh, theory I put forward and now the new theory is that Paul Bettany was talking about Paul Bettany <laughs> yeah the, the, sure. the thing that it made me think of when we saw uh, White Vision at the end I don't I didn't know that was a thing from the comics but I was like it's like the end of Scott Pilgrim it's Nega Vision <laughs> and maybe <laughs> it's it gonna end is, with though, those two about to fight each other 
and then they just have a good chat and they're like oh no he's a really nice guy we get on really well we're and going for yeah, brunch. we just kind of talked it out we're going for brunch maybe they will it's, go for it's brunch good. yeah I mean, you know, that'd be great. Um, Excelsior on the license plate, obviously that is actually a New York license plate motto. It's a New York state motto. So it's a, like, it's not just a, I think Stan Lee got it from New York rather than New York getting it from Stan Lee in this oh, case. Oh, okay. And of course, uh, people pointed out last week that we missed, uh, James, you were talking about the numbers yes, on- Yes, yes. In, in the Turns WandaVision. it wasn't a reference to an obscure video game operation. But it was uh, Stan <laughs> Lee's- It was Stan uh, Lee's state of birth. Yeah. Which, in fairness, I don't have in my head. I don't, I no. don't walk what? around. I know. Sorry. I'm so sorry. My good old pal, Stan Lee. Oh, I'm just looking at a picture on the wall, me talking to Stan Lee. Oh. Anyway. Uh, is Vision evil now? Uh, I, he's under the auspices of Dick Terrorist, so I think he'll be used as a weapon and a very powerful mm. one at that. Uh, but we'll talk about what we think the final episode holds right at the end. Mark and Patch, yeah, are there now two Visions? Yes, there are. In fact, you could say that this is a case of double Vision. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Ben. And that was going to be your squad cast name. I'm just still disappointed you didn't go. I know. It. I changed it at the end. I changed it. I just, yeah. I swerved. I swerved. Uh, at They Call Me Mr. Q asks, uh, so witches exist in the MCU, I guess, since they already have wizards. That's only fair. Uh, mm-hmm. Is the name of the episode, does it have a double meaning? Previously on, as in Fission was previously on and now he's off. <laughs> <laughs> Did, was this sent in by Dick Terrorist? <laughs> oh, that's monstrous. I love it. Step this way for your dead boyfriend. I don't know. I, I didn't expect her to react like that. I thought she'd be pleased we had dismembered her boyfriend. Do you know what? If they'd have um, kept up the sitcom thing, they could have presented this as like a clip show. You know, every time you tune into like, I don't know, you turn on The Simpsons or you turn on Friends and you're like, oh, it's a clip show. They could have done it as a uh, as one of them. <laughs> uh, I love the clip shows that are, that are made of brand new clips. Community did that, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. That was really fun. Uh, at David L. Moran. This is a good theory, by the way. Uh, see what you guys think of it. After seeing Bleached Vision in the mid credit scene, Brought back mm-hmm. by a uh, directed terrorist, Dick Terrorist. I find myself hoping that Pale Vision will be voiced now by James Spader. Uh, has director <laughs> Hayward unwittingly reawakened Ultron or elements of Ultron? No. This is Vision without the Mind Stone and also without his humanity. So it is just, does that mean he's basically just the robot bits and the internet? Yes. I think, it, yeah, I think, oh God. The internet is for porn. Oh no! What if he's like an in? What if he's an incel? No, but yeah, this is it. They genuinely have found that, like, when they've tried to have self-teaching AIs that have learned from the internet, they've actually turned racist. So it's a genuine what? concern. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, no, this is, this is one hundred percent a thing. They have they have created these kind of self-teaching bots that then morph into massive sexist, racist dicks, dick terrorists because so, the internet. Um, Mm. Oh my because God. the internet so it's a genuine horrific problem um i think it's probably not that i think it will probably be just an emotionless um you know personality free version of vision so ultron i get oh no i'm kidding i'm sorry that's but me. it can't be ultron because ultron's been no it isn't ultron it isn't right? ultron yeah yeah because ultron was never ultron's consciousness never took hold in vision and uh an ultron was expunged Vision was quite clear that that was the last Ultron that he took out in that scene in the Glade. Evil Vision is going to call Wanda a Mary Sue five seconds into <laughs> next week's episode. 
Yeah, uh, and then hashtag not all men. Yeah, hashtag not all visions. Uh, at John Neil underscore UK, I'm just going to give shout outs to people who've said stuff that we've already said. Uh, so we'll next episode end with the two visions merging and a good version of the original vision being created one that can leave the hex i, I think yes Perhaps. possibly possibly yeah i this is my theory i'm gonna i was saving it for the end but this is my theory for next week is that okay. that wonder and photon slash monica rambo are gonna have mm-hmm. to team up to defeat shit vision and then in the dissolution of the Hex, fake Vision will go away. And so it's going to be Wanda will have to destroy evil Vision. And that will be part of her kind of letting go of him, is my theory. So so yeah. Vision is going to die next episode by my Twice. Reckoning. Yes. Because why not? You, know? you are such a mo- look. If we were sitting here cheerfully talking about Baby Yoda dying twice, you would oh, not no. have a smile no. on your face. That's what you're doing right no. now. Okay. That is the equivalent of what you're doing. No, it's not. No, it's not. Baby Yoda, innocent. You're the I mean, author of all Vision our pain. Vision is also innocent. Innocent. Yes, yes he, he is. He 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 voluntarily died, and then involuntarily died. Oh my died. god, that's but even worse. So he, he voluntarily died. Therefore, now he deserves he didn't to want die. To come back to a life. bunch more times. You're <laughs> Protect a monster, Baby Yoda then. at all costs. You're the one you're who's a... talking about killing Baby Yoda. I'm just saying that's the equivalent of what you're doing. Anyway. <sighs> Here's a question from Sam Levy One. Do the pod team reckon that Dick Terrorist is a goner who will be dealt with in the next episode, or will he be a new recurring villain? I don't see him becoming a recurring villain. I think goner. Yeah. I I still wonder if he's maybe a bad scroll. Hmm. A bad which scroll, could, which could potentially lead into secret invasiony stuff. Seeing as they didn't do that with Shield, do they do that with I Sword? Don't see them Possible. introducing bad scrolls here. I think that's just that's that's one cross of the streams too many. But they've actually not crossed nearly as many streams as we thought they were going to. Also true. Also true. Yeah. So this is going to end with him stepping down from S.W.O.R.D., isn't it? Because of his dick terrorism. He doesn't, I don't negotiate with dick terrorists. So Maybe not. And then Monica will step up to the plate and become the director of S.W.O.R.D. that she was meant to be. But if she's a, if she's a superhero now, you know, yeah. can she? No. She's a sentient weapon. Mm. Oh. Seems like, a, seems like a conflict of interest. We'll That's see. Right. Oh. Uh, at XPMA, uh, Agatha drained those witches' magic the same way the shark did in the Yo! Magic commercial. Good spot. Uh, oh, does that yeah, mean that point. Agatha is going to eat the kids? Nom, nom, nom. They actually added then nom, nom, nom. Uh, that's not me <laughs> being a monster. That's them being a monster. I, I think the existence and continuing existence of the kids is extremely... Um, uh, on the bubble at the moment, it is it is very much up in the air, and I don't know which way they're going to go with those two. I am inclined to say they won't make it to the end of next episode, but I might be entirely wrong. But definitely, I see. You know, they've clearly set it up that Agatha is is sort of quote unquote threatening the kids, or appears to be threatening the kids, and I think that's going to be the big conflict for Wanda next episode. I think Vision is probably going to deal with Vision himself, Ben. That, that's my only area where I would definitely disagree with you on that. You've got Wanda and Photon, theoretically, versus Agatha. And haven't we already established that Wanda is infinitely more powerful than Agatha, although Agatha has canny knowledge and centuries of experience? You know, she's not a chaos magic person no but she does clearly have significant power she was able to absolutely shrug off every single one of wanda's uh you know transformations she has never been under her mind control she's never 
let Wanda realize she wasn't under her mind control. Um, she has some kind of relationship to the kids, we think, I think, anyway. And mm -hmm. uh, and she does certainly seem to be gearing up for a fight without looking like she's going into it, you know, as an underdog. So I, I think she's formidable enough that Wanda's yeah. going to have her work cut out for it's her. It's interesting, because she deliberately chooses to leave the basement where she yeah. has rendered Wanda powerless. So she's gone out in the street for a big showdown. And also she has the Pietro dude, whoever that is. And I, I wonder if it's still going to be the guy, the, the beekeeper bloke. Mm -hmm. Who knows? We still need to find out what happened to him. There's one of the loose threads that I hope won't be left dangling by the end of the show. I mean, does it matter? I feel that's the throwaway thing, isn't it? It's just I feel we need to see what happened to him. Uh, Do we? I, don't, I think we I don't already want... that we already know, like because we didn't know who he was when we first saw him, and now we know that he was just one of the shield guys who got the sword guys who got sent in and then hexed. Isn't that all we need to know? Do we need anything else? No, because no, because he he appears, then Wanda goes no, and then rewinds the the uh, the show, and what what just erases this dude from existence? Has she murdered him? No, you know, I think we need to no, know. No, I don't think so. Well, no, I just think he's elsewhere doing another thing. Yeah, yeah I, I just think uh, the no. Yeah, I think the no was just like uh, no. Nobody's interfering with my reality. Not a no. Yeah. I'm yeah. wiping you from existence. Well, until we but see we'll him, see. Or until we see his corpse, his uh, twitching, the twitching <laughs> legs of his corpse, then I, I, you know, I'm not taking anything for granted. But Agatha is clearly very, very confident. She knows her way around magic and spells in a way that Wanda doesn't. She probably knows the Avada Kedavra curse. Uh, that alone should give her <gasps> a leg up on Wanda. There was definite Harry Potteriness in the magic people firing different coloured spells at each other and one mm -hmm. sort of overtaking mm -hmm. the other felt, yeah, mm -hmm. very Harry Potter to me. Yeah, very much so. Very much so. Uh, here's one from Neil Parks 13. Uh, who is Dottie? Every other Westview resident has been accounted for now, but we've seen nothing of her outside of her role in the Hex. Well, not... Not, every not everybody. Fred no. Melamed wasn't in that yep. opening either. Mm -hmm. He hasn't been in a single episode after episode no. one. So there, there's other people around. I'm just saying, but um, but yeah, it may be significant. We didn't see them. There, there is. It is still possible. There's another bad in here. I just, I don't know that I expect it at this point. Mm -hmm. That seems like unnecessary frills on an ending that's already going to be pretty busy. Yeah. How long do you think next week's episode is going to be? Probably same as this one. Maybe a little mm -hmm. bit longer. Because I was just mm -hmm. thinking as well. We've got Darcy and Jimmy Woo to yeah. mm -hmm. factor into all of this as well. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of spinning plates next week and a lot of questions that still need to be answered. And I wouldn't be surprised if it was an hour. Could be. There's, there's even part of me thinks, might they go feature length? Mm, maybe. Oof, we shall see. Uh, here's a question from Nick Nunziata, the, uh, the, the, the great Nick Nunziata, who, who uh, formerly uh, created and ran Chud. What a, if you remember that website. Mm. Uh, and Nick asks, WandaVision has made Age of Ultron a much better movie in hindsight. In addition to blowing up the possibilities for how they tell stories, how has this show nudged and nuanced the material already out there for you? I mean, I have always thought Age of Ultron was really good, so I, Same, yeah. I, I, I like mm -hmm. that people are appreciating it more, but I don't, I don't think this suddenly makes a film that was not good now good. I don't think that's quite how films work. I think it adds a layer, not so much to that film, I think it adds something that was always missing for me, kind of pre infinity war post-civil war sort of post-ultron which is the bond between wanda and vision which mm. is something that was never really properly fleshed out 
if you'll forgive the term, on screen, you know, th th they go from, you know, naught to 60. And this feels like yeah. this has filled in a lot of character development and given it a lot more depth and resonance. And actually now going back and rewatching Infinity War, I suspect that death will hit that much harder because now you really feel the depth of feeling between those characters, which we never have done before. So, yes. Yeah, I, I think this is what these films, or these TV shows can do, is they can give us really satisfying stories for supporting characters. They can flesh out characters who haven't had a, a lot of time on the big screen and who have not been developed that way. And then they can also explore consequences and nuance and complications in a way that the big screen movies don't always have time to. And I think to, to their credit that the MCU movies have tried to do that. You know, Civil War was born out of consequences to things like well, the, Captain America, the first Avenger, and um, to uh, Age of Ultron and Avengers itself. Like, they have drawn on the things that went wrong before and p plugged those into future stories that they tell. Iron mm -hmm. Man 3's whole thread about trauma and PTSD. You know, mm -hmm. again, they're, they're, they have played with consequences, but this gives them so much more room and more time and more scope to develop that kind of thing mm -hmm. um, that that's really exciting. And I think we're going to see it done in a different way with a different focus, more kind of political than personal in Falcon and Winter Soldier. And so that's the big exciting thing about these shows is that they can... Hang on, what's it? Ghost Rider. Yeah. <laughs> Is, is that they can play with stuff that, that feature films just don't have time to do because they're too busy blowing things up. Yeah. I really hope that this does for Sam and Bucky, what this show has done for yeah. Wanda and Vision. And, and just give Amen. them more depth. And just show, yeah, you've got all these fantastic actors in your arsenal and they haven't always had the opportunity to show what they can properly do, which is a bit of a shame. But then again, mm. could I swap it for anything? I don't know. But yeah, but in terms of the rehabilitation of Age of Ultron, I'm delighted because I've been a fan of that movie from the off. And I think it has some of the most, some of the greatest moments in the MCU. And it's not just about Vision lifting me on there or the party scene. I think there's some lovely character stuff. I think Tony and Steve are really, really well mm. uh, defined in that movie. And I, I, I love the way that um, the writer and director for that movie introduced Bethany as Vision, for example. Uh, I think he's perhaps more successful as a character introduced in that film than Wanda is. I think Wanda didn't yeah. really begin to connect until Civil War. Yeah. And, and even then, in terms of storytelling, there are moments in that film where there are, you know, moments of connection between her and Vision. Um, but it is it is a story told through moments rather than yeah. actual glances. scenes. Not even words, yeah. just glances. No, and that bit where he rescues her in the bus, you know, that's kind of what you got to go on. Ultron can get a bad rap as a bad guy, but I really like him. This sort of petulant man-child crammed into a robot's body who basically has Tony Stark's personality as well, but taken to the, the nth degree. And there's some lovely moments of, of humour in that film as well. I love the bit at the end when Hulk, when Ultron's losing badly and Hulk leaps onto the uh, the Quinjet and you don't see it happening. All you hear, you hear it. Uh, yeah, you hear, you hear Ultron go, oh, for God's sake, as the Hulk just <laughs> throws him out to his tomb. Very, very funny. Here's a question. This came in last week, and this was actually pertaining to last week's episode, and this wasn't uh, sent via DM, so naughty, naughty. We don't like public spoilers, but uh, this comes from at Mosage and so on, and he asks, can I get a boo 
Not a, not a question, really, but um, more of a complaint. Can I get a boo, boo hiss for any scene where a baddie reveals her true name and that name means nothing to the other characters? Now, I think this 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 man was having a go at the I'm Agatha Harkness, it's lovely to finally meet you, dear, scene from last week. Which, if you were of an unforgiving nature, you could say is redolent of the scenes that we've ragged on previously, things like Blofeld revealing that he's Blofeld in Spectre, or John Harrison revealing that shock horror he is actually Khan <laughs> in Star Trek Wait, Into what? Darkness. Yeah, I know. Oh my God. I know. I'm so sorry. Spoilers everything. for Spectre and that movie. <laughs> I think those are much more egregious examples of this in that yeah. there's no impact for the characters at all there. There's purely, purely impact on the audience. Uh, but also, we were annoyed with those moments because we knew that they were. Ernst Everbrough felt and we knew that he was Khan and why were you just why, why bother with all these smoke and mirrors you could actually argue, ask that of of, mm-hmm. of Agatha as well like why the subterfuge why pretend that she's not Agatha Harkness from the off what does that give this show from a storytelling point of view if we think she's Agnes unless well I mean I think it is actually a little bit fan servicey but yeah. I guess you could argue that she comes into it unaware how much Wanda knows unaware how how much training Wanda has, all she knows is there's a hell of a lot of power being flung around here. So arguably she's not revealing her true identity because she's worried that the person will know who Agatha Harkness is and will have done some study and that will mean something, maybe. Also, I think it's just that obviously Wanda has projected personalities and identities onto everybody in the town and it's her announcing herself as like, no, I'm me. I'm not the person that you say Mm. I am. And this is who I've been all along. So I think it does have impact in a plot sense in that, yeah, it's it's a reveal of like, I am my own person and not whatever identity you've kind of thrust onto me. Yeah. Yeah. But it actually it applies in a way, I think it applies more to this week's revelation of the Scarlet Witch. One of the things I've loved about Wanda all the way through the MCU is that she doesn't have a stupid superhero name. And, you know, <laughs> she's never been called the Scarlet Witch at any point uh, in the MCU to date. And that's, I think, clearly going to change now. Is she going to emerge from this? Is she going to like lean into her her new, more powerful destiny and and become that vision, for want of a better word, that we saw in the earlier sequence? Is that what she's going to become? Is she going to now become officially known as the Scarlet Witch? That's fine, but I just thought it was a bit clunky the way it was it was said at the end of the episode. Mm. Yeah, that I mean that that was a little bit fan servicey as well, but a, a clever way of getting her superhero name into the MCU. Um, also, just just on the Scarlet Witch vision, the vision of the Scarlet Witch rather than the vision and the Scarlet Witch thing. Um, she seemed to have the you know the headdress in the in the vision that we saw, but so did um, Agatha's mum at the beginning when she when she activates her yes. power. There's almost this, a, a suggestion of the same shape in her blue kind of shiny light. Yes, I wonder woos. what that was. Yes. Yeah. So I wonder if there is, I, th- I think there's going to be potentially more uh, mythology there to unravel, whether that's in Doctor Strange or further down the line. There's clearly something there for them to play with if they choose. At David Yang on Twitter asks, uh, so Wanda created a new vision body on the Hex. What about the footage where she was seen stealing the body from Sword and the fact that Sword wanted to get vision back? I don't think we... Did we see her 
steal no. the body or do we just see her going through the door with her we power her which we see in reality it's just and careful editing I think isn't it it's what Dick Terrorist wanted us to see and even even going because I did wonder because he said I finally got permission to show you this footage and it's like but hang on you're the director of S.W.O.R.D. who are you getting permission from like, mm. you know you don't have a boss you want to show us a video footage? You can show us a video footage, but maybe he just took a little while to uh, to doctor it. There's clearly an evil faction within Sword. Maybe there is a boss. Maybe there is. <gasps> evil. Maybe it is Mephisto <gasps> all along. I hope it is, and I hope we don't, because that's 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 an awful lot to yeah, do. Yeah, we don't need it. Uh, okay. Well, here's one from uh, very last one uh, from Bag 1982. Will we find out who Jimmy Woo's missing person was? Yes, I think we will. I don't know who it is though. Maybe that's Doddy. Would it yes. be Vision? No. No. We can't have a missing person who's known to be dead. But but the, the that's that was the lie that Dick Terrorist was perpetuating, wasn't it? That she'd taken Vision's body, so maybe that is it. But it was a witness in witness protection, wasn't it? So uh, it, it seemed to be somebody that, that that was a line that he was talking to Monica. He I don't think there was any suggestion that he'd had much interaction with Jimmy. Hmm. So um I, I think there is I think you're right. I think there's still a a mysterious witness to be found there. So maybe that's Doddy, maybe that's Fred Melamed, maybe it's um, one of the others, who knows? Yeah, someone's mentioned here that if the if as Ben suggests, both versions of both versions of Vision die next week, then Paul Bettany will have died six times in the MCU. Is that right? So there was Jeeves died. Jeeves? Right. Jeeves. Jarvis, sorry. Jarvis. Sorry. It's, look, it's very late by this point. Ask Jarvis, Jarvis died. Ask Jarvis, yes. So that's one, uh-huh. and then Vision died twice, and you're talking about Vision dying two more times. Which one am I missing? Yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Where's the sixth? When has he died again? You've stumped us, or you've got it wrong. One of the two. One of the two. All right, we're going to bring this bad boy home. I'm going to stick the landing by asking, will this show stick the landing? We've kind of done our predictions, but they've got so much to talk about next week. They've got so much to round off, so many questions to answer, mm. plus a big old superhero smackdown. What happens? How, how does this show end? How can it, can it possibly deliver? on what we have seen over the last eight weeks. I hope so. I mean, like I said, for me, the fact that it became clear in this episode that it is coming from Wanda, I really hope they stick to that because I think it drives the idea of the whole show home. And I think it it feels massively emotionally resonant. And for me, I, I uh, yeah, I don't know if this is necessarily the way that it goes, but if it ends with Wanda effectively having to destroy Vision and let go, I think that would probably dovetail quite nicely into the whole exploration of grief and letting go that this show is but yeah i i'm I'm confident they've they've done an amazing job with these last eight episodes so i think it would be pretty unlucky if they stacked it in the uh in the last hour yeah i think it's going to be interesting next week so i think we're going to we're going to have a sort of possibly three-sided battle or certainly different confrontations between monica and uh wanda and agatha and then i think we're uh, maybe I don't know how much maybe, of him maybe not. we're going to have because he's a possessed guy like he's Agatha's eyes and ears I don't know if he's formidable in his own right yes okay. exactly um, so I don't know how much of a threat he'll be um, and then I think that we are building to a vision on vision action so uh, that may be a thing and then of course we still have to have roles of some sort for hopefully anyway for Darcy for Jimmy Woo for you know the townspeople so it's going yeah. to be and potentially a visiting doctor so it, it's there's a lot there's a lot still to come in this um and you forgot reed richards excited to see it yeah i forgot reed richards that's correct yes i i think so has the show yeah i think yeah i don't think the show ever intended to do reed richards 
Yeah, I, th- I think we can be confident that Reed Richards is not a thing at this point. Cut uh, to Reed maybe. Richards being a Cut thing. Cut to Reed week. Richards appearing. <laughs> um, and I, I, I would be surprised if Mephisto is is a factor, but you know who knows. Yeah. And I definitely don't think X Men are, are a factor. So mm, no yeah, to I'm that. coming around to that. And the the, uh, the Mephisto thing, I would think, was debunked this week because everyone was thinking, oh, the cicada is Mephisto in disguise. But I think that was pretty much thrown out the window whenever... Or rather fed to the rabbit. Yes. Like, mm. So, But who's the rabbit? Who's Senior Scratchy? All these things we'll find out next week. Will there be a <laughs> Doctor Strange cameo? Will we finally see Aaron Taylor Johnson? I don't think so anymore. No. Uh, what no. is that no. book? Does anyone care? No. Will there be another kick-ass theme tune from the Lopez's? Who knows? All these questions and more will be, will be answered, hopefully, otherwise they'll be rioting, in next week's final episode of WandaVision. Join us then for a big old dissection of that. I'm saying six, seven hours plus or more. Stake out the entire Friday night, folks. That's all I'm saying. But until then, until we meet again, until that auspicious occasion, it is goodbye from our squad cast names. I've got a theory. It could be bunnies. Helen, you've just given up at this point, haven't you? <laughs> what? Because she says the line no, of the theory. A deep it's cut a lyric. Buffy reference. Yeah, it's a deep cut Buffy oh, reference. It? It's a reference to the lyrics yeah, and from it's Once Anya's More Revealing. Yeah, it's a lyric and it's Anya's I line. I know. So not only does it That's work, right. it works Some on time. multiple levels. Well, look at me with egg all down it the does. front of my shirt. <laughs> That's right. I've got a theory. It could be bunnies. <laughs> bunnies. <laughs> I've I've got a theory. It's goodbye from hashtag Vision So White, James Dyer. Yeah, yeah. I'm interested to see some vision on vision action and which vision emerges uh, victorious next week. Do you think it'll actually be sexy vision on vision action? Like, you know. (laughs) Well, neither of them have penises, so I don't see how it can be. Oh, my God. We shall see. We shall see. It's goodbye from Breakfast for Dinner, Ben Travis. Massively recommend it if you haven't done that yet in lockdown. Oh, get on it one night this week. Mm. Breakfast for dinner. Don't skip mm. the hash browns. They're the best. <laughs> oh, the best. <laughs> Hashtag hash browns. Uh, and you don't just mean, Ben, like three bowls of Frosties, one in the morning, one at lunch, and then one at night, right? You don't just mean that. No, talking full English, full whack, sausages, bacon, hash browns. Or beans, an Ulster fry, eggs. Helen? Yeah, that's yeah. what we're talking about. Bit of Throw potato some potato farl. bread in there. Potato bread. Oh, soda farl. Oh, soda oh, farl. oh my God, soda farls. Oh. oh, you haven't lived until you've had a fry with some you soda farls. You have not farls. lived. Oh. And then with extra butter on top. Oh. oh. Heinz fiery chili beans. I'm not usually a fan of beans in a fry up, but those Heinz fiery chili beans are usually a pound in your local supermarket. Those things are the fucking bomb. And it's goodbye from me, Bethany versus Bethany, colon, Dawn of Justice. I am off to watch this episode again with my wife, followed by the very last two episodes of Shit's Creek. If all goes well, folks, by 10 o'clock tonight, I'll be a sodden mess. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. See you next time. We'll leave you now with Ben Travis on the uh, on the, kasu, the the soothing, haunting strains of Agatha All Along played by Ben Travis. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Bye-bye. It was Agatha all along. <laughs>